you have come to the place where you can learn to harness the power of intention, to create subconscious beliefs that serve you, and to gain insights that allow you to create a life personally and professionally that you desire. This is the place where you leverage your subconscious mind and design your destiny. Join me now, your host, Penny Chason. Good morning, Facebook world. How are you? I am doing a special live today. This is actually going to be a podcast, but I feel strongly that this message needs to get out into the world now. I've come to rely heavily on my intuition and to trust it. And that is exactly what I'm doing today. This is going to be real and it's going to be raw. This is about me hitting the wall. The current world crisis that we are facing and how your peace and calm are all connected. Now, you're going to see me looking at some notes, and it's because I've made notes to keep me on track because I could really go off the rails with this topic. And I would like to keep this as short as possible in respect for your time and to just simply stay with the salient points. Someone needs to hear what I have to say today. It may be you, or it may be someone that you know that what I share with you today sounds familiar. And my goal is that by the end of this, you have a little bit more understanding. If not knowing, if you've been in this place, you may find yourself knowing some of what I'm saying, ways that you can step up and be available to be a resource and to be help. I have a healthcare background, so I have to dispense with the required BS here. What I'm about to talk about in this podcast is about my own personal experience I'm not giving medical advice. I'm not giving counseling advice. I'm not a mental health professional. So let's just dispense with that. If you are finding yourself experiencing some of the things I'm talking about in this podcast, please reach out to your physician, your nurse practitioner, your counselor, and get help. If you don't have those professionals in your life, you can call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. I've put the number in the body of this post, please get help. Don't let yourself end up where I ended up or worse, because it doesn't have to be that way. So let's buckle up buttercup and get ready to do this. I apologize. This is going to be longer than a three to five minute live. It's going to be longer than 15 minutes. If you have to hop off and come back and watch it later, that's okay. Discover what it feels like to accelerate your success in life. If you are finding yourself exhausted from mindset hacks that fall flat, you might want to consider registering for my subconscious breakthrough power session. After this two-hour group subconscious reprogramming workshop, experience a new way of thinking that helps you to attract more of what you want from clients to cash. 
This is a group workshop, but you get to specialize it to your needs. You get exactly what you need, want, and desire out of this workshop. And for a limited time, it is only $147. And you get lifetime access to the replay. Spots are limited, so you want to sign up now to secure your place so that you can have your subconscious breakthrough power session and attract into your life exactly what it is that you desire right now. I've noticed a lot in my Facebook feed, people sharing the post about increase in mental health crisis, ODs, drug use, alcohol use, depression, anxiety, and it's easy for us to look at the crisis that we're in and blame the pandemic, to blame politics, to blame the racial tensions in this country. Yes, all of these things contribute. Yes, these are all aggravating factors, but this all goes so much deeper As I share my story, at first it might seem a bit trivial, but I want you to notice how these little things layer on until it becomes something that is just really unbearable. And even as a healthcare professional, you think you understand, but I'm here to share with you, if you've not experienced it, you don't know As much as we try to understand and be compassionate, you don't know. And I'm probably going to get emotional as I go through this process because this was a place of rebirth for me and getting back in touch with who I was because so many times we numb out our feelings and we don't even realize that we're doing it. I've been doing hypnosis since 2013. I've been doing these advanced techniques since 2014. And I thought I understood numbing and distracting behaviors because I worked with clients on those things. And as I've come out the other side of this experience that I had a few years ago, I realized I didn't know anything. And I have a much deeper understanding after I hit the wall because after I hit the wall, I know it. And when I was in it, I didn't realize it was happening, but now I can look back and know that I fell into numbing, that I fell into the trap of the gratitude bypass. And I know how painful that can be. It's funny, I had to laugh the other day when somebody told me I was spiritual bypassing. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. I know I'm not because I know what, (laughs) I know what that is. So you might be surprised to find yourself someone you know in the story. And I'm just going to hit some high points to give you backstory because without backstory, it really doesn't make sense. So in 2011, I lived in Connecticut. My family's in Mississippi. My father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's early stages. And my stepmother and I had an agreement that if his condition deteriorated or worsened, she would let me know. And that was simply because I'm an only child And as a nurse anesthetist, you just don't pick up and move. There's a whole process aside from finding a job. So that happened in 2012. I decided to sign up for hypnosis training in 2013. And then I came home in Christmas 2012. And as a healthcare provider, just spending an hour with my stepmom, it became very obvious to me that something had happened and her health was aggressively deteriorating. 
So I started to set things in motion to get her taken care of. In 2013, I came down to spend a couple of weeks to be available for my dad in case she ended up hospitalized because she had to have some tests. This is where what, as a hypnotist, I would call a symptom-producing event occurred. When I was down, I realized that my dad had deteriorated quite badly, and she had hidden it from me. And you may ask, well, how is that possible? It's because my father was a farmer. He was an outside man. He was always out on the tractor, the cows. There was always something to be done. Or if it was hot, he would be inside taking a nap. So when I would call, if he was having a bad day, she was simply saying, oh, he's outside or, oh, he's with the cows or wherever. I never questioned her. She had never given me a reason to question her, but there was a moment when I was there in that two-week stay, when it hit me like a ton of bricks, how after I'd seen him for consecutive days, how much she had hidden from me. And I looked at her and I said, you've kept this from me. You hid this from me. And she smiled. In that moment, the anger was like that. I didn't express it. It was inside. It was painful inside. I was angry. And within a few seconds, I realized what she had done was she was trying to protect me. And I knew that. But in that few seconds, the pain of, I don't know, I guess a misperception that something had been taken away from me, that I had lost something. I'm not sure exactly what the misperception was about, but it generated this anger Well, even though I knew she was trying to protect me, I knew she didn't want me to worry and to suffer about something I could do nothing about, that unresolved anger, that unresolved misperception was under the surface. You've heard me talk before about open loops of emotion, things that we don't satisfy the way that they need to be satisfied. So what I had done at that point was I had created this open loop of anger and the anger was secondary to some misperceived loss in that process. So to fast forward throughout that year, her health deteriorated. I never addressed the anger because that wasn't her intent. And I thought I had resolved it by recognizing that that wasn't her intent but it didn't resolve it. Instead, it was under the surface. And when it would bubble up, I would just tell myself, no, 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 be grateful she was trying to protect you. Well, on Thanksgiving Day that year, she fell, she broke her hip, she died eight hours later. And so here I am in fast-paced mode, getting to Mississippi to take care of my father, to set things up, and to deal with a parent who is like a child To get them to let suddenly, now you have to set them up with a support system. He and I were able to reach an agreement for a support system. And things went well for a few weeks until then he hit depression. And that spiraled his Alzheimer's out of control. And it led to this big hole, ugly thing through most of 2014 that compounded the stress. Now, during this time, I had gotten my hypnosis certification. And I couldn't decide what to do because 
I took that certification out of curiosity. But in the process of the certification, I realized that this is what I was meant to do. There was a moment in that training. It's like, yes, everything in my life has led to this point. So I was conflicted. Do I put that on hold till I see what happens with my father and his wife? And someone gave me a very wise piece of advice that you can't put your life on hold for what you never know, guess, may or may not ever happen. Like we we can't predict the future, right? So I went through this process of, you know what, God, if you open a door, I'll walk through it. So opportunities presented themselves and I opened a part-time hypnosis practice. And, you know, I saw clients on the side of what I was doing in anesthesia and, you know, when things happened with dad or Rita, I just shut down and came and took care of what needed taken care of. What I did not realize was that all of the extra effort and work I was putting into building the side business became a distractor from the anger and the other feelings, the fear, the uncertainty. Work became a distractor, not drugs, not alcohol, not Twinkies, work. And I became this person who stayed busy all the time. So once my father passed away, a job did end up opening up in Mississippi after all that time. It never happened before he passed. It happened after he passed. So we went ahead and we moved to Mississippi. And I ended up in a job that was not conducive to having a hypnosis practice. So I immersed myself in work and I immersed myself into the farm. If I was awake for 18 hours a day, I was going for 18 hours a day. And it's because being busy allowed me to not feel when I was in it, I couldn't see it. I look back now and it's like, oh my God, like how could I ever have missed this in my life? But what I was doing is when these feelings would bubble up, I would say, you know what? I'm just grateful that my dad passed suddenly, that he didn't deteriorate further with Alzheimer's. You know, I'm grateful that Rita didn't suffer any more than she did You know, I was using this gratitude bypass instead of allowing myself to feel my feelings and process those feelings. And I know Design Your Destiny podcast is about designing the future that you want, but this also means that we have to let go of the past because those things hold us back. They can impact our decisions. They impact our physical health, our mental health, our emotional health. So, After almost two years, I was able to transition into a job that was three regular shifts as opposed to call work so that I could begin to reopen a hypnosis practice. And when I transitioned into that job, there were a lot of massive changes that took place between the time I took the job and my first day and I walked into one of the most toxic environments or that was my perception. It was a toxic environment. The people are good. There were just a lot of circumstances that they were experiencing that made it feel heavy and negative to me. And there would be nights where at 2 a.m., I was sitting in my kitchen on the floor, petting my dog in tears, hating myself for making the wrong decision. I remember some of those days very clearly, and I felt that I had made the wrong decision that I made the worst decision ever going into this job, not realizing that it was the job, but that it was all of this other stuff underneath. And it was just like scratching a scab 
on the surface of what was happening here. About six months later, one day I went into work and my chief meets me in the hall. She goes, oh, Penny, how are you doing today? And I just lost it. And I just literally, she's like, oh my God, what's wrong? She pulled me aside. I was like, I feel like I'm having a mental breakdown. Like I can't, I can't cope anymore. And I had reached this point where I was so stressed. I couldn't even read a book anymore, which was my favorite thing to do. I would read the same page over and over because I couldn't even retain the information to enjoy the book. Anyway, let's fast forward through a whole bunch of stuff here. She connected me with a nurse practitioner who was a fabulous woman. I got on some medication. She gave me some PRN anxiety medication. And we did some hormone checks because that was her specialty. Come to find out my hormones were all out of whack. So it was like, oh, you know, your, your hormones are an issue. A little bit of anxiety, but your hormones are an issue. Well, three weeks went by. And one day I took my car in to have a part put on it. And I was told the part was there. I made the appointment. I dropped the car off. I went to my mother's house. Three hours later, I get a phone call. And I had to be at work later that day. And they're like, oh, you know, we're so sorry. Someone sold your part (laughs) and didn't replace it. And it's like, big whoop, right? It's like, okay, well, I wasted a few hours, whatever. Oh, no. I lost it. I was calm on the phone. I was firm, but calm. I expressed my displeasure when I got off of that phone. I believe if I could have taken a photo of my mother's face, you would have thought that she was seeing Chucky come across the living room at her. I've never in my life felt the rage erupt out of me. And it wasn't rage in terms of anger. It was rage over the pain I was feeling inside. I can't even put words on it. If you've never experienced this, if you've never felt it, it's hard to understand. So I apologized to my mother. I got my collective act together. I went and got my car. I went to the house. I'm getting ready for work. And periodically this is coming through and I'm just allowing myself to just like let it out. No one was home. Let it out, let it out, let it out so I could work. Well, I have an hour's drive to work and on the way to work, I had let a lot of it out, but the feelings started coming back. And then it was like, why do you even bother? Like, it'd just be so much easier if you just weren't even here. And that made me angry. It's like, where is this coming from? Like, what is this voice? Who are you? This is ridiculous. And then the thought came again. So then I started getting angry with myself. Like, how dare you be so selfish? You have a husband who loves you. You have a family who loves you. Then the thought started coming. Well, you know, you are going down the highway at 75 miles an hour. You can just cross over. You're far enough away from the hospital that by the time they got help to you, it'd just all be done. And I started getting upset. So I started calling people I knew. No one was answering the phone. People were busy. I did not call my mother because that was the last thing I wanted to upset her with. Things settled a bit, but then as I started getting close to the hospital, the thoughts started coming again. And I'm about to share something with you that only three people know, other than a private group that I'm in. But this is how bad it got. When I pulled into the parking garage at the hospital, I thought to myself, you know what? Propofol and fentanyl. And I could go out completely blessed. And by the time anybody found me, it'd all be over. And that stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, dear God, 
I need help now. I tried to call my husband again. He didn't answer. And I knew I could talk to my boss. So I went into work looking for her. She was in a room giving an anesthetic. So I shut myself in a little back room, a little back closet in the break room. And I called my nurse practitioner because I knew she knew my boss. And I basically told them what was happening. I'm like, I need help. I need help now. Like I feel my fingers slipping off the cliff of reality here. Like I I need help. I can't control it. So my boss came in and she stayed with me. And basically I got some professional help. I did some intensive counseling over the next few days. Um, to kind of get myself settled. And as I went through the process, I was doing some journaling to work myself through what I was feeling like. I could not figure out where this was coming from. And through the process, what I revealed to myself was that moment in that kitchen. It was just like ripping the scab off all over again. I think I cried for 18 hours straight. It is a period of my life I never, ever want to go through again. And if I could keep anybody else from ever going through that, if this podcast, if this live helps someone avoid that, then it's worth me bearing this to you because I'm going to be honest with you before I sat down to record this live. It came to me at five o'clock this morning that today is the day. Today is the day to share this story And as I came into the office, my back started hurting. As I sat down before I pushed the button, I started getting sick to my stomach. And it's because this is raw. People think of suicide and they think that, you know, it has to be like this long-term thing going on. Or why don't people just ask for help? When you get to a place that this starts to happen, you feel raw. Like there were other people I worked with. I never would have went to them because I would have been concerned about being judged or them being like, oh, Penny's just PMSing or whatever. I mean, those are the stories. Those were the things that I'm sure were going through my mind at that time that I don't remember now. But when you see people now on social media, when you go out in public and you have conversations with people and people are feeling judgmental, people are feeling angry, People are lashing out or they have more depression, more anxiety. To bring this back around to what you can do now today is to know that it's not just right now. That's the problem. I was pretty damn good at not letting anyone know what was wrong with me. I could have talked to my husband But I had assumed this identity of being a woman who would not nag, gripe, or drag her husband down with her stories and pity parties. I could have gone to him, but I didn't because I didn't feel it was fair to him to weigh him down with this. And where that story came from is a whole other story, and it's not for this Facebook Live. God bless my sweet husband. He's still traumatized. (laughs) over what happened that Thanksgiving week because before I left my job, let me circle back. So I had people who were open to listening to me, to helping me. After I had that intensive help 
I saw a counselor for a month or so. We did the hormone thing. It kind of helped, but I was still having to take anxiety medicine and antidepressant. So I finally reached out to my nurse practitioner. I said, look, I know what's causing this until I deal with the root cause. This is going to continue. Please sign a letter so I can have hypnosis with my mentor. And she did. I did those sessions. We released everything. And over the next six months, after talking with her, she finally agreed. And I weaned off all my medications. What that allowed me to do was over the following months, I could connect with my feelings. I was in touch with what I was feeling. And then as I continued to develop myself and move into coaching, when things weren't in alignment for me, I could follow my feelings. I could trust myself. And when I started having problems sleeping through the night again, when conditions at the hospital for me personally, not the hospital for me personally because of my values, things weren't in alignment anymore. And it brought me great stress. And I was always in a state of hypervigilance at the hospital. If you don't know what that is, think of a soldier, think of a cop, think of EMS, firefighter, hypervigilance is when you're always on this constant alert. I had to be in that place on my job. It was affecting me adversely. And it allowed me to recognize that this wasn't serving me. And I could either choose to stay in that place It was going to be unhealthy for me mentally and physically, or I could get out. And I got out. So be compassionate. I know that we tell people we're there for you, but it was the person who demonstrated to me that I could open up to them and talk to them that allowed me to feel like I had someone to reach out to at work that day. It's easy for us to say, oh, so-and-so's just having a bad day. Well, we don't know what's been going on under the surface for weeks, months, or years before that bad day. So to consider what else has been going on in someone's life before they've reached that moment and that point where they're having a bad day. Sometimes all it takes is someone to listen to know that someone cares. But by being that someone, I know people, you know, are like, oh, peace, love, and light, and unconditional love. I'm a firm believer in unconditional love. And I believe that unconditional love comes from a process of continually learning to love ourselves unconditionally first so that we can love and understand and accept others. It's going to take love and compassion for all of us to move through this season in humanity. And that's where we are at this point. So when you see others lashing out online, they're being judgmental, they're in this place where they feel like they have to be right, just consider, geez, what happened in that person's life that they're in this place that they feel like they need to be right, that they feel like they need to lash out to attack others and be that person who can be compassionate and loving, and I'm not saying allow yourself to be run over. There are boundaries. Healthy boundaries are a key part of this. And, you know, I don't make myself available to be in somebody's pity party, but if someone came to me and they needed me to listen, I would listen. 
but I would not enable them to be stuck in that place. And it's such a fine line because we all live on a spectrum, right? A spectrum of feelings, a spectrum of thoughts, a spectrum of emotions. And anyway, so that's what I was here to talk to you about today to share how the past impacted me when I didn't deal with it and how I can see a lot of that in what's happening in social media and in people around me. It's not just social media. And to reach out that hand of compassion, that hand of love, to let people know that you're there, that they're not alone. And if you know someone who needs help, please help them get that help that they need. That's my wish for all of you. Anyway, have a happy, lovely, beautiful day. It's raining here and, um, you know, it just is what it is. It's the day is beautiful because I decided it's beautiful. I'll see you all later. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a positive review about how this episode has helped you to improve your life. When you leave a positive review, it helps us to reach even more people, helping them to change their lives. And that positive energy and vibration of sharing comes back to you as we spread the message of how you can use the power of intention, creating stronger subconscious beliefs, and raising our vibration to create the life that we desire the one that we're here to truly live so that we can fulfill our purpose in life. Once again, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.